this. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. They just don't trust a single running back to run the ball outside of Joe Mixon. Because when Travion Williams gets his carries, they're usually like third and long garbage carries. Once in a while, he'll get a real carry, but he's the closest they have to trusting a running back. Yeah, yeah, they they don't trust any of these guys, and it's a real hit for the idea of like ah, running back doesn't matter. And I guess at this point, I I'm not really terrified of anything because I don't think the Bengals are winning too many more games the rest of the year, but it does reiterate what I was a little bit terrified of during the season of like, well, if you guys, if you don't trust these guys, running backs are brutal position. Joe Mixon goes down. What is the run game? Yeah. Is it, are they as bad as the coaching staff seems to think with not giving them any work? Or is this just a, we don't trust them. Then they get into that opportunity and they actually do. Okay. I don't know. Um, so great stat on the run game today, zero successful plays in the run game charted uh rb's uh was ben uh ben baldwin charts success success rate and the Bengals led the or were top three in success rate last year in the run game after week four when they changed the run scheme today is zero that is obviously the worst that you can do and yeah. probably the worst i i don't know if i've seen that very often where not a single run play all you need for a successful run play i think is five yards on first down half the distance on second down and then third down has to be a first down none of them they didn't get a single successful run play and that is incredible out of all the stats you could look at just browning was just constantly put behind the sticks and i think taylor leaned into a little bit of the burrow idea of well that first down run didn't work so we got to throw the ball now because hey that's what analytics tell you first of all and that's you know that with a good quarterback that's smart you know let's not run the ball a second time on second and eight and get to third and six. Let's throw the ball here and try to pick up this first down. Well, you got a backup quarterback. So maybe you do just find a way to run the ball on second and eight and try to get to third and two or something like that. Um, but yeah, disgusting run game. And I, I feel like it was everybody. Like there were some good blocks here and there, but it usually was compounded by a guy missing somewhere else. Joe Mixon didn't make anybody miss today. Uh, he had that one bit. Well, other than that one catch on the screen, but in the run game, didn't make anybody miss. He didn't really run forward through with much power through contact. It was pretty bad from him. I think people have gotten on the run scheme a little bit too much because to me, it's fine. Like they they're running solid concept. They're doing a lot of stuff that makes sense to me and works and it's gotten better. Just last week, they were creative, effective, and we're doing a good job of attacking that Ravens front this week. They didn't do that, but I feel like it's more execution than anything. I don't think it's so much of the scheme itself. I mean, they're not out there trying to draw plays in the sand that don't make any sense. They're running solid concepts and it's this, a lot of the same stuff that they used last year when the run game was pretty successful with P Ryan and Mixon, you know, sharing the load there. I think that, with Mixon's poor performance today, feels a little bit like maybe maybe you're just you know he's kind of wearing down. Uh, maybe he's taking a little bit too much work, and that goes back to what we just talked about. Chase Brown, he's not getting any work despite being called up. Well, what do you got in this fifth rounder? You know, like yeah. fifth. Yeah, he's fourth? a fifth rounder. Fifth, yeah. Charlie was the fourth. Yeah, what do you got in the fifth rounder? Let's see. Yeah. Let's see what you have in him. But they they haven't 
giving him an opportunity and maybe losing this game makes them look a little bit more towards the future versus trying to win out. But we'll see. And I would love for him to get a lot more carries. I'm not the highest on him mm-hmm. compared to Donald Brown coming out. So I think he has a role, but it's more of a committee role than it is, you know, like we've got a hidden gem hiding back there. Yeah, I I, th- I agree with you. I think this game is like, look, it. yes, they're mathematically still in it. When you think of the AFC in the hunt, the wild card, I think a lot of people want to be realistic too. I'll be completely honest with you. I went into this game thinking, all right, let's see what the Steelers game does. And then maybe I'll make a determination if I'm all draft heavy or all off season heavy, or I'm like, yeah, hey, I did hit, I already hit the draft. Like I haven't watched guys or anything like that. I'm not wasting my time there yet, but uh, yeah, I started looking at a little bit of like, yeah, what, what does Brandon Thorne think of a couple of these offensive linemen? <laughs> what is, uh, you know, like what, what is Parker Blake, friend of the show, both friends of the show. What do these guys think? And draft guy Jared, what do they all think of some of these offenses? Because that's where I'm going to start. It's just where I am. I'm going to start yep. with the offensive line. It seems like people, you too, like this Malik Neighbors guy a lot. I got no idea. He's I fast, do. We got to add another LSU wide receiver. It would make all the sense in the world when Joe gets back to have an LSU guy. I think where I am right now is the realistic, terrible end of the season, but realistic-ish dream would be like getting a top eight-ish pick. Okay. And then... To me, I'd really like if Olu Fontenou or Joe Alt fell to this team. The, it seems like there's two blue chip offensive tackles in those two. And, you know, free agency, you just – the Bengals are spending so much money for competency. None of the guys they signed were the top of the class. No. I know they're top five in spending. But you go back and you look at Ted Karras basically got paid like fringe starter money. He's out. He's outplayed that. Alex Kappa, he got paid starter money, not – elite money you can look at like brandon scherf if you want to see elite guard money lake and tomlinson got more um i think austin corbett got similar or the same maybe even more than him too but he was all these guys were seen like tier three guys orlando brown big signing like that was the one but you know he hasn't played exactly up to expectations at the same time he also did have that groin injury and he has seen a decline in place since and Alex Highsmith got him a couple times today but it at least it wasn't running through him it was going around the arc which is where he's been the weakest Jonah Williams also I mean they drafted him he's been solid and I thought in this game did a pretty good job I mean that sack that he yeah some people are gonna talk about both those plays one I think that was Drew Sample's guy like I think the idea on that play we're talking about the TJ Watt sack now. I'm going on a tangent and I'm sorry. I feel like I'm pogging okay. airtime here. But TJ Watt, when he rushes off that edge, the plan there is Drew Sample hits him and then Jonah Williams is setting out to him and he's going to get him after. What happened was that the Steelers brought a blitz in to, inside of that to the, to the C gap between Jonah Williams and Drew Sample. So Jonah goes, okay, well, I got to pick this blitz up because you're way out there. We can't exactly, it's going to be really hard to flip but Drew Sample saw the blitz and said, oh, got to protect inside. But Jonah's setting out there. And that's just one of those situations where, yeah, Drew Sample's been a really, really good blocking tight end. But also blocking tight ends make mistakes. And yep. that's what I think. I don't think that was a you know misidentification from Karras, who I assume is doing like all the protections with Browning in there. I don't think that was like a bad protection scheme. Although, I mean, some people have argued that, yeah, just block Watt. But yeah but it's a miscommunication. Like they had a guy in place to block Watt injury sample, 
which, yeah, tight end on Watt, not great, but that's a blitz. And against a blitz, ball's got to come out quick. So as long as you can hit him a little bit, free play for Watt to get a sack. Second one, the first one, though, that was so much like, yeah, Jonah got beat, but Browning held that ball for, what, five seconds? No yes. offensive lineman's holding up. You cannot. Five seconds. Come on, get that ball out. Yeah, I think, you know, offensive line, I'm I'm not even, it's not a really big thing for me in this game. It's Run blocking was the issue with the offensive line. I thought yeah. in pass protection, they were fine. Yeah, I mean, for Jake to have the time that he did during certain mm-hmm. times. and when He, he had time pass, to hold on to the ball too long. <laughs> I'm like, well, Joe would have already had the first down. Or, you know, you, you always kind of uh, think of these games. What would Joe Burrow do if it wasn't Jake Browning out there? But, yeah, I don't want to be too down on Jake Browning. It's his first real start out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going against a Pittsburgh Steelers defense who I feel like it doesn't get enough credit, and they obviously can can rush the passer, and they were able to do that. But for me personally, with Jake Browning, we'll see. It's really just getting you through the season. I mean, we can be completely honest through it. Um, you can be optimistic and say, hey, there's still time. Maybe this offense will figure it out. Maybe they'll play spoiler the rest of the way. But for me, it's just house money for this team on the offense and defensive side. But offense, it. You know, I hope this does. I'm not a big fire Zach Taylor, fire Brian Callahan. I just, I've never been that way. And even kind of for Frank. It's also fruitless endeavor, right? Yeah. They're not doing it. (laughs) No, they're not going to. And and for me, like, look, if Brian Callahan gets the option to be a head coach somewhere else, then fine. Good for Brian Callahan. But I just, it probably doesn't help him right now with Joe Burrow being out. But for me overall, you know, they're just not, you don't have Joe Burrow out there. Let's just be completely honest. And I hate to and use this offense is built through Joe Burrow. Yes, he he yeah. is a very that's not good, a bad thing. It isn't. And there's six games to go. And I think we're going to realize that. And for me, we'll, we'll talk more. What do you want to see from the season? What are you hoping to get out of it? And I do want to see that from the head coach, from the offensive coordinator, because I'm still pro Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan and Dan Pitcher. I, I'm not I'm not against them and Frank Pollock. I just want to see more. I, hopefully this kind of challenges them a little bit because you are without Joe Burrow. Let's see some different things out of the offense with creativity and and just kind of going down the road. Let's see these next six games to see. I don't know what if Joe Burrow was out there. I don't. I just 